to the extent that is the American Bar Association Business Law Section's podcast series. Our podcasts provide general information. They aren't a substitute for legal advice from a licensed professional. We offer both standalone and serial podcasts on a variety of topics and welcome your feedback and suggestions at ababusinesslaw.americanbar.org. We hope you enjoy your selection. Greetings, aspiring GCs. Whether you're in law school, private practice, government, in-house, you're in the right place. My name is David Hamm, and I'm an Associate General Counsel at a Fortune 150 company and co-chair of the in-house subcommittee of the ABA Corporate Governance Committee. More importantly, I share your aspiration of one day becoming a general counsel. But like you, I'm not sure how to get there. That's where conversations with GCs comes in. The purpose of the podcast is to help aspiring GCs find the practical and actionable guidance they've been looking for. To that end, we'll be having conversations with leading GCs for the purpose of exploring the path that led them to the role of GC, essential skills and characteristics for being a successful GC, current GC hot topics, and practical and actionable advice for aspiring GCs. Before we start the conversation, one quick request. We'd love to hear from you. Please send any comments or questions, including any expressions of interest in being part of the ABA Corporate Governance Committee or its small but mighty in-house subcommittee to dphamm at gmail.com. I'm joined today by Chad Perry. Chad is the Executive Vice President, General Counsel, and Secretary of Tanger Factory Outlet Centers, Inc., a public REIT and leading operator of upscale open-air outlet centers. Before joining Tanger in 2011, Chad was the Deputy General Counsel of LPL Financial Corporation and a Senior Corporate Counsel of EMC Corporation, an attorney at the firm of Ropes and Gray LLC. He's a graduate of Princeton University and earned his JD from Columbia University. Chad, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Well, I want to start with exploring the path that led you to the role of GC. In doing my research for the conversation, I noticed in the 8K that went out, you were 39 when you took your current role at Tanger. That's a pretty young age. You got there quicker than a lot of folks have. Um, so how'd you do it? Thanks. That's uh, it seems like a long time ago now, 39. Um, but one way you do it is you keep your keep your eyes open for opportunities. For me, in fact, the, the idea of moving to North Carolina from, from Boston was, was, uh, was definitely a, a, a big jump. And you know, if I hadn't been open to you know, thinking about things a little bit outside of my comfort zone, um, I may, may not have, have made the move so early. I, I like that, you know, kind of keeping open to, to possibilities. And, and I try to think about it as, you know, cultivating contentment where you are, but always kind of looking out for, for what's next. How, how did you do that when you were, when you're in your current role at LPL and in this opportunity, did it come to you or were you kind of looking out or how did, how did that happen? No, it's interesting. It uh, came to me. I actually recall when I first first heard about the opportunity. I was uh, on vacation at the beach, and uh, someone 
<laughs> someone called me and you know, we started a conversation and um, I, I didn't know I had connections to Tanger until the conversation started, um, but did have connections to Tanger. And so you know, was able to really understand the company and you know, most importantly, the, some of the management team. Um, before I even, you know, uh, began a formal process. So, um, so it's, it's, for me, that was particularly important as I was thinking about, you know, making a move from a position that I really enjoyed and was challenging and fast paced. Um, What was important to me was really being able to understand the, the team that you might be moving to, because, my experience, your team is is the most. I mean, it's just the most important uh, aspect of your of your day to day. And when I say the team, I, I don't just mean your your legal team, but the uh, other executives. Because uh, ideally, you're um, with a small group of people and with um, with who they are. That's great. So I think the actual advice I've I've gotten from this conversation so far, Chad, is go to the beach and wait for the phone to ring. <laughs> I, I I wish it, I wish it were that that simple. That that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, I think I have the title for my book. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, so going from the financial industry, LPL, a broker dealer, to uh, the REIT space is a pretty big jump. I know you said the the management company getting comfortable with them is big. We'll talk a, a little bit about that a little later. But what were your think? What were your thoughts about? Hey, I'm I'm when making I a pretty big jump here um, from industry to industry. Right. Good question. Um, well, there was a very steep learning curve, and I, I knew there would be. Um, and that's where I think uh, you have to be really curious and interested in the type of business that you decide to go into. Um, because at LPL, there was a lot I had to learn. I had been a generalist uh, corporate attorney. I had not had a focus on um, on uh, investment company work, uh, investment advisory work, legal, and from a uh, from a business standpoint. And you know, one of the ways I was able to to get up the curve at, at LPL was uh, by taking the I don't know the Series Seven, um, which is the kind of the the basic brokerage exam. But uh, so I studied and, and took the Series Seven and got my license. Um, you know, in part just to better understand what our clients were thinking about on a day-to-day basis. And, um, you know, doing that really helped me, uh, helped me understand, understand the business. And so to your question, you know, how do you jump from there to, uh, to Tanger as a real estate company, you know, Tanger is not regulated in, in nearly the, the same way. For example, you know, we don't have, we don't have uh, you know, regular exams uh, by the SEC or FINRA. Um, and so moving to Tanger, though, because of the type of business it was, you know, real estate, which I've always had an interest in, 
and retail, which you know, everybody understands on, on, on some level. I think the, the one, it is a, a REIT, it's a real estate investment trust. And REITs have you know, very specific rules um, that we need to follow in terms uh, and business that we enter into outside of the real estate industry. Um, there are specific limitations. And so, uh, so understanding the REIT business was, uh, was probably the, 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 biggest, the biggest new piece. And one thing I found during my interview process was that um, um, the tax director very quickly becomes uh, one of your one of your close friends because that's the person who is really engaged in making sure that uh, the company maintains its its read status. Yeah. I, it, so you you said two words there. Said that I want to kind of just use maybe to back up a little bit to get a fuller view of, of your journey, um, curiosity, and being interested in, um, you know. And I love. We'll talk about it in a little bit. You know, learning the business. There's so much out there about, you know, the GC, not just knowing the law, but really being conversant in the business. And you taking the step to take the Series Seven. I'm sure you earned some some street cred with the the management team at LPL. <laughs> um, but kind of going back to to your law school days, uh, Columbia, and, and the curiosity. Um, I loved how you said. You know, the, the thing that made me jump to Tanger from LPL is what allowed me to jump to LPL. And it's that curiosity and interest. In your law school days, what was it like? Did you have any inclination that one day you'd be the GC of a public company? <laughs> or or were you like most of us just trying to, to get through the exams? Or, or how did that curiosity manifest itself back then? Right. Um, I, I did not have my eyes set on being a GC. I think I was, many of my peers, uh, very focused on uh, making my way into a law firm and uh, getting that experience uh, under under my belt with the expectation that I might might be at a law firm for uh, for quite some time, um, if not, you know, if not my entire career. And so, um, during law school, I think that I, I definitely began to gravitate toward some of the more business-oriented um, classes, you know, securities. Uh, uh, we had a couple of M&A classes, uh, corporations, and it just, it just, it was not, business was not something that I grew up talking about at the dinner table and um, having the opportunity to learn about the history of uh, M&A in in the U.S. and the development of business was just very, uh, very interesting to me. That being said, you know, I do think law school is a time where, you know, one of the, the last times that you'll have to really try things that are, you know, just outside of your, your comfort zone, perhaps. And I think that you, you, you really have a great opportunity to um, take a clinical class. For, for example, um, I was able to participate in a, a, a fair housing clinic, which was, you know, not, I, it was not something that I had 
really focused on. It's not something that I was necessarily planning to do, but I thought, you know, here is an opportunity to do something that, you know, may be unrelated to M&A, but it is, you know, maybe helpful and also thinking about what you want to do as a lawyer. So I, I would just encourage uh, anyone who's who's lucky enough to, to still be in school to uh, to take the things that or take some things that are outside of your your primary focus. And what a what a place to do a fair housing clinic in New York City. I mean, that that had to be a really interesting experience. And it, it sounds like your experience in law school is similar to mine, where you go into law school and, and you assume, hey, I'm going to be a lawyer at a law firm, and you kind of work towards getting your first summer and then your second summer at firms. And, and it's kind of a myopic focus, really, to kind of get to the best firm you can to get the best experience you can. And, and so you, you got there with Ropes and Gray, and it's a great firm. And what, what was your experience in, uh, in the private practice? How did you see those themes of curiosity and, and interest kind of manifest themselves in, in that stage of your career? And, and when did you get an inkling about, hmm, maybe I might jump over and, and wear the jersey, uh, as, as they say, go in-house? Right. One of the things that attracted me to Ropes at the time was that you didn't have to declare a practice group on day one. Uh, there were a number of firms that I, I spoke with where you had to make a decision very early um, in sometimes very narrow uh, areas of, of corporate practice. And uh, I was not ready to do that. And one of the great things about my experience at Ropes was really being able to, to develop as a, a generalist, because I think that continues to serve me well today as a, as a general counsel. At, at Ropes, I worked on all types of you know, corporate transactions, you, uh, IPOs, uh, venture capital financings, private equity transactions, um, uh, strategic, strategic partnerships, and so I really was able to see so many different types of transactions and also different types of, um, of clients. And I really think that experience uh, was critical to you know, helping me prepare to be a general counsel, because as a general counsel, you're not going to see the same things every day. And you're going to run into new things that uh, you have to uh, figure out quickly. And you know, that was something that I think that my ropes experience really allowed me to do. Um, in terms of when I started thinking about it, you know, it, it probably was not until you know, maybe four or five years in that I you know, started thinking that it might be something interesting. I think that's important because I do think that Having that period of time in the in the law firm is particularly helpful to being a, a general counsel because you start to see as you become more a more senior associate, associate in the law firm, you start to see more of the business aspects of how a law firm is run and how partners interact with their clients. And I think you know, before you sit on the other side of the table as a client to 
to a large law firm because it just helps you understand some of the some of the goals, some of the pressures, some of the limitations that the attorneys at the law firm that you're working with uh, may may have. And my guess is how you started the discussion with LPL was you went on a beach vacation and you got a call. <laughs> uh, but what, were, was LPL a, a client uh, or did it come through a headhunter or how, how did that conversation start? Uh, we know it was on the beach, but but how did uh, how did it originate? Right. <laughs> so interesting. L- LPO was a it was a headhunter, and um, it was not a, a headhunter that I had a relationship with, uh, and uh, it was just I, I I took the call, and you know I'm always willing to listen to to, to someone's pitch, and I thought um, you know at the v- very least I'd I'd meet some interesting people that I didn't know. Um, and, uh, as I got to know the company better and understand, uh, it was a private company at the time I joined, um, and I got to understand what the, you know, what some of the plan life cycle was for the company and the potential for an IPO. It, it, uh, just became a very compelling, uh, compelling opportunity for me. Um, when I was in private practice, I actually spent a lot of time working on uh, various IPOs during the uh, '90s, during the the tech uh, tech boom then, and uh, this was an opportunity to potentially uh, lead an IPO from from inside, which uh, you know would allow me to put to use some of the skills that that I had built in private practice. While also, um, uh, uh, you know, being you know, wearing the jersey, as you said. Yeah, and I love I love the way you described it. There is, you know, we get calls from headhunters, and and people have different approaches on how to engage with them. Some are dismissive, which I think is short sighted. I loved your kind of view of, hey, I'm always open to meeting someone, um, hearing their pitch seeing what it's about. Any kind of words of wisdom to aspiring GCs on how to handle that those relationships and think about it generally? Uh, relationships with uh, headhunters? Yeah, headhunters, yep. Um, yes, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that keeping an open mind and, and not being dismissive, um, uh, many of the uh, people who are in the uh, the search business that I know today are people that I've talked to over many years and in many capacities. And, and while uh, uh, they may have a search that is not particularly interesting to you at the time, uh, they may in the future, uh, but as importantly, they may be a source for talent um, that you are looking for in the future. And I've just found having a handful of you know, long-term relationships with with uh, people in the the uh, search legal search uh, business is has just been has just been critical. I'm thinking of one time in particular when I uh, unexpectedly uh, had a need for an attorney uh, in in the department uh, and. I was there was someone that I was able to reach out to. They 
they knew me. Uh, they didn't know, uh, they did not know Tanger, but they knew my style of hiring, my, my style of working, and they were able to help um, help identify uh, really good candidates for me. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was just calling someone cold. So uh, I think uh, uh, that the legal legal search firms can be you know very helpful uh, throughout your career in many in different ways. Well, that's great. I hadn't even thought about that side of of you might need them to find someone for you as opposed right. to finding you. That that's a that's a great perspective. And and one one kind of last question, just out of curiosity for an aspiring GC. What was it like when you finally realized, hey, I'm going to be a GC at a public company? Um, what is that feeling like for all of us who would like to have that feeling one day? Was it as good as you imagined or did you even imagine it? Well, I, I guess one of the initial feelings when I actually got into the seat was, was some level of discomfort. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I think that's, I, I, I think you probably should have that because you, it, it, it is a, a, there's a lot that comes with, with the role. And um, I think when I initially, or I know when I initially got into the seat, there was a level of, of discomfort and, and, you know, questioning uh, uh, you know, whether, whether, you know, I had the skills to do this. And um, um, so the initial the, stepping into the role initially was was uh, was was a little scary, but you know, as as is doing a lot of things, right? And um, um, that's what helps you, I think, uh, you know, get to a level of performance where um, uh, where you want to be. Yeah. So, so another case of the idea versus the reality and the delta between those two. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's helpful. Well, thank you for that. I think, uh, you know, kind of moving on to some of the essential skills and characteristics um, that you think a successful GC in today's economy world um, needs. What, as you look at yourself, um, are some skills and characteristics that have served you well uh, at Tanger? I would uh, I'll echo some of the earlier comments, just going back to curiosity, because mm. you know, one of the things that is that, that I find so rewarding about being an attorney and being in a GC role is that you have an opportunity to, to question things. Um, you, whatever company you go to, uh, there will be a way of doing things. And I think particularly as a general counsel, you have an opportunity to ask why and ask, have we thought about it this way? And I, I don't think you have that opportunity in every uh, executive role. Um, I mean, I think you, you do at some level, but I think the general counsel is, is uniquely positioned to be able to to ask those questions. And so I think the, the, the curiosity and, and asking questions is, is really important. Um, something that uh, is, even goes without saying, but that I think comes from a strong private practice background is an attention to detail. Um, and I, I think that is one of the, one of the challenges of being a, a general counsel is that uh, 
you know, in any given day, you're going from you know, 30,000 feet to five feet um, in terms of the issues you're dealing with and uh, really having to focus on the details of, of uh, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the question may be. So I think, um, you know, the attention to detail, flexibility, um, you know, I think about this as, uh, you know, and any given day, you have to be willing to you know, stuff the envelopes, um, you know, as well as go, go to a board meeting. And so, uh, you know, just being comfortable uh, doing whatever it takes to uh, to get the get the task um, completed. Um, and I guess another another important skill is just communication and communication is not something that in my experience is not something that you learn and then you you have for the rest of your career communication uh changes it changes depending on who you're talking to some people um you have the best communication with when you don't talk with them very frequently and you only communicate by email or text and there are other people who uh you communicate with in, in person because that, or over teams or zoom these days, but because that's the way that, that they uh, digest information. So it's, it's uh, communication is, is a, I, I think is a lifelong skill and it changes depending on your audience. Yeah. I, I love some of the things you said in new ways. I've, I haven't heard before, but the, the ability to go from 30,000 feet, to five feet in a blink of an eye. And then the coupling with that of being able to communicate at the appropriate level, either 30,000 feet, maybe with the board, our senior leadership team, and five feet with your SHME and security. So let's say, you know, <laughs> being able to be conversant in that, that that's really, really helpful. Um, as kind of we're, we're cruising along here, in skills, characteristics, kind of substance areas, what what would you say was one area of, of real growth that you've seen in yourself since you've been at Tanger? And, and kind of two follow-on questions. How did you identify the need to grow? And how did you create time and energy to facilitate and accelerate that growth? Right. Um, I think one of the skills that, um, that, that I grew into was uh, was board board communication in, in particular um, and board interaction. Um, being in front of the board as an outside attorney, being in front of the board as general counsel can be uh, be very different. And I I had seen a lot of it from the um, from the outside counsel perspective where you're advising the board on a particular transaction or a particular topic. Um, what I think uh, I've grown into as a, as a general counsel is uh, the overall support that you can provide to the board in terms of their oversight of, of the management team and the, and the company's operations. And that covers so many different aspects of the company's business that it requires getting an understanding of how your technology works, um, how how are your employees 
feeling about um, about their their jobs, about their prospects, their career paths. Um, you really, in order to, I think, serve the board well, you really have to understand the company on on so many levels, and um, I, I think that takes that takes some some time to understand. And you know, one way to do that is by uh, stealing time from your colleagues and. Um, you know, asking questions of your uh, head of IT or uh, even you know other people in the, the IT group. Explain to me how how this works and how does how does doing something here potentially impact something else? And and you begin to understand how the company fits together, so that when you're when you're supporting the board, you're giving a complete picture. Um, rather than uh, possibly just some very specific uh, subject matter uh, expertise. Really, really great uh, counsel there and insight. Thank you. Um, as we as we kind of come up on our our last couple minutes here, what what would be some some practical tips as you think about you know people whether they're in law school, in house, kind of more junior, uh, in a law firm um, about Hey, here's some some things you can think about. Practical tips about taking uh, advancing your journey to the GC role. Right. Um, one thing I would say is don't don't rush into a role um, just because it presents itself to you. Um, I think that's important for um, for everyone to uh, to to think about um, because. Once you decide that you may want to go in-house, um, you need to make sure that you're you're going to a place, you know, one that you find interesting, and you you uh, uh, you like the like the people and the, like the the prospects. Um, but give yourself some time to look at a, a few options before before you you jump in, because as you look at various companies from the outside, you're going to learn things about um, about companies and types of questions you might want to be asking as you go through the process. So you know one one thing I would say is really take take your time. You, if you you know if you have one opportunity, you're going to have another. Um, and so uh, 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 don't 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 feel the need to uh, to, to rush into anything. Um, the other thing I would say is just, Take um, take whatever opportunities in your current role that uh, that come across your desk, or um, you learn about in the hallway. And uh, you know, you you don't just have to do the work that you know comes through whatever the assignment system is. And if there's uh, an attorney in your law firm that's doing something interesting that is not in your not necessarily in your wheelhouse. Ask them to to tell you more about it. Ask them to explain it to you, and um, you know it will just broaden your perspective. And I think being a general counsel, particularly today, um, you, the ability to think um, to think in a very uh, broad way is so important because. The general counsel's role, even in my short career, has evolved so much. And some of the 
general counsel I worked with when I was a young associate in private practice um, were, you know, might be very focused on uh, SEC reporting and compliance, whereas today, um, you know, most or many general counsel that that I uh, that I need and in my role have have um, uh, duties that really span the entire uh, uh, gamut of what the company is doing. So, in other words. You need to understand um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You need to understand uh, executive compensation. I mean, there are so many areas that um, that it's important to uh, to developing your skills as a as a GC. Well, well, Chad, I think I think we could talk for a couple hours on this topic. This has been a, a great conversation. Maybe we can have a Chad Perry 2.0 uh, one of these days. But but really, be my pleasure. Really appreciate you taking the time and for providing aspiring GCs with practical and actionable guidance as they pursue their path to becoming a GC. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure, Dave. And thank you, Aspiring GCs, for joining us. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Please send any comments or questions, including any expressions of interest in being part of the ABA Corporate Governance Committee or its small but mighty in-house subcommittee to dphamm at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the ABA Business Law Section's podcast series, To the Extent That. The section offers a robust collection of content. To explore more about this topic, or to learn about joining the section, visit ambar.org bizlaw. That's B-I-Z-L-A-W.